evening, everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of the Jersnet podcast, which is by myself, Craig Gray. I'm joined here this evening by Colin Armstrong and Gary Valentine. And um, well, I'll make my debut tonight as a host, and I think we've got a, a good a good episode to start us off with. Um, just before we, we start, I uh, just need to introduce you to a couple of things. This is, of course, uh, Jersnet Independent Rangers podcast, made for by fans. Christ, I'm already getting mixed up. Uh, by fans and the content is free. Um, also, as well, just to let you know um, that you can visit us over on the forum at www.gelsnet.co.uk. And also, as well, just a little word from our sponsors, Zenith Coins, who are the official Rangers Club coin copy. Um, and their coins, each gold coin has a unique serial number engraved on the outer rim, and it comes complete with a Rangers presentation box and certificate of authenticity. And you can join Rangers legends and fellow Rangers fans like Alan McCoy, Derek Johnson, Marvin Andrews, Tom Stokeman, the famous chef Gordon Ramsay, to name a few, and own your official Rangers Club coin. And just to let you know, as a wee added bonus, you can get 10% off your purchase by using the code GN10. So we'll go right into it. Colin, Start off with you. How are you doing this weekend? Uh, I've had better weekends, as I said. Uh, it started off well. Uh, my boy was playing through in uh, Bonnie Rig on Friday night there, and they got a good result. They were 2 on down at half time, 1 4 2, and they got a goal, and they played quite well. So he was quite chuffed. So it was all looking rosy at that point. Uh, but uh, yesterday was just a bit of a, bit of a shit show, really, wasn't it? It was. It was Pretty poor from from the get go, really. I mean, I know we'll go and talk about Willie Collum and all the rest of it, but and uh, I mean, it was, it was a couple of huge mistakes that have, have, have had an impact on the game. But I'm, I'm having to start to get real concerns about how slow and sluggish and how poor the tempo is uh, within this team this season. I mean, you would have to say it's been a poor start to the season. I think. Yeah, I wouldn't disagree with your many points there. Um, our, our guest today is uh, Mr. Gary Valentine. How are you this evening, Gary? No bad, Craig. It's nice to meet you. I you as well. This is uh, the first time that we've had the, the pleasure of meeting each other um, on a podcast, so let's hope it all runs smoothly from here on in. That would be a positive. Um, but as I say, big show, a lot to talk about. We'll just jump right in. And Colin, we'll start with you. Simple question, Willie Colin, do you think he cost us that game yesterday? Uh, I mean, it's hard to say. Uh, you, would, you, would, you would have to argue, probably, uh, you know... Hibs had got themselves back into it with the equaliser. We went 2-1 up. I think at that point, you know, we looked fairly comfortable. You know, we were controlling possession. Uh, you can't deny it's a pivotal moment in proceedings, you know. But I thought we coped the 10 men pretty well. You know, we, we, we kept possession okay at times. Uh, going down to nine, uh, just killed us. I was a wee bit annoyed at Rangers at the fact that our, our, our tactics when we went down to nine just seemed to be hoof it up the park and let them come at us. You know, we didn't seem at any point to try and keep possession. And uh, I was a wee, a wee bit surprised at the subs. I, I, when we were doing it nine, I, th- I thought we might have kept Kent on just as, you know, an outball. But uh, yeah, two huge mistakes and th- th- a lack of consistency as well. You know, when you look at the, the foul by, was it Henderson in the first half, which is almost identical on Lundstrom, arguably worse because it's further up the park, it's closer to, uh, to their goal. and. And then, it, you know, as I said, almost identical tackle in the second half of Lundstrom. And, and it produces a, a red card. And I just, it beggars belief, really, how, how he got to that point. And the urgency in which he done it, I agree with Kenny Muller. He looked like he'd 
you couldn't send him off quickly enough. You know what I mean? I think a couple of the Hibs players' reaction is OTT as well, including uh, our good friend Porteous. As for the second one, <clears throat> annoyed at Morelos because he just shouldn't do that. You know what I mean? He, he shouldn't be raising his hands like that. I don't think it's a red, I have to say. I, it's more a kind of, it's not an elbow. You kind of slap somebody that sort of tips his fingers. I've, I've seen stuff like that before and it's not even been a booking or maybe a yellow. I, I think what Andy Walker said yesterday's maybe right. You know, Morelos' reputation goes before him. And that's maybe influenced his decision, but it's still wrong. And that's the one I think that killed us. That's the one that, that changed the game. You know, for that point on, what was it? It was like 20, 15 minutes to go at that point. We're down to nine. Mm. You know, it's a big ask then. I mean, even like, even although it was two, three minutes into injury time and Hibs got the, the, the equaliser, I was fearing that, that they were going to get the winner because it, it literally was just wave after wave. And as I said, I was a wee bit frustrated at Rangers. Because when we had possession, there was a couple of times when we had possession when it looked like we could keep it. Even just three, four, five passes before we hump it up the park. The minute any Rangers player got it, we just hoofed it and, and basically said, right, come again. And I, I just felt we were going we to crack at some point and we did. So yeah, it's, it's really, really poor. <clears throat> Excuse me. When you look at what's happened today at Celtic Park as well, you know, our other friend, Kevin Clancy, you know, I was looking at the stats. It's like I think Hearts had twelve fouls, Celtic had eleven, Celtic had no bookings, Hearts had five and two sends and off. And these things are pivotal. But one thing I will say that you know, take uh, columns out of the equation. Rangers were poor yesterday, and we've started this season poorly, in my opinion. And if if we play better and we put the game to bed sooner. We can go down to nine men and we'll, we'll still get the three points. It's, I think there's problems in our Strangers team at the moment and uh, we need to address them uh, pretty sharpish, I think. Yeah, you, you make a good uh, few points there, Colin. I, I think in terms of both decisions, I, I haven't really seen anyone that that can sort of legislate for that Lundstrom red card. It's no. not a red card in a million years. It's about uh, you see those fouls every single game of football. Um, it's a professional foul. He's just exactly. he's, 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 he's essentially he's stopping the breakaway. Yeah. He's obviously looked at the situation and thought too many players are out of position. They've got they've got a chance. We'll just bring them down. Wasn't he violent? You know, it wasn't he over over the ball or, or over the knee or anything like that. It looked to me like he just essentially slid in, clipped his heels, brought him down. Uh, how Colum has has got a red card out of that is, is staggering. Exactly, I think the the rules are for the red card that either needs to be denying a goal scoring opportunity with no attempt to play the ball or violent conduct and well, it certainly wasn't violent conduct and I don't think it was a goal scoring opportunity that was denied either so as I know you made reference to it, I think it was Henderson's challenge earlier if anything, forget even the position up um, in the pitch that makes it a wee bit more sort of dangerous I think the motion that Henderson went, it looked almost as if he like, went into scissor. Yeah, like, yeah. With his legs, which That's... could potentially be more dangerous as well. Now, I don't think that was a sending off. I think that was a booting as well. Um, but at the same time, it's like all you look for is consistency. And it doesn't seem like we've got it. The second red, Morelos's, I felt at the time, um, I was annoyed at the referee probably mostly thinking of just because of what happened with Lundstrom earlier and that's obviously got a part to play in and how you feel. I think looking back on it, I think if I had my own way, 
I still wouldn't think it's a red card, but it's one of those ones now in modern football where as soon as you put your hand up and move it towards your opponent's face or anywhere near there, regardless of if you take him out completely or if you touch him a wee bit, the referee's always going to give give a red card, I think. Um you know, I, I think I think Morelos has to take some responsibility here. Though. I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not blaming Morelos. You know, I, I don't think it's a red card. However, given the amount of you know, he's, he's been sent off a few times up here, and yeah. a lot of them were were softish. So he should know that. You know, he's a seasoned pro now. He should know that he's he probably is refereed to a different standard. You know, referees are going to hammer him for 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 daft things like that. So we shouldn't do it. There was no need to do it. That's the thing. It was needless. So even although I think Colm again has got it wrong and it's a terrible decision, I think Morelos needs to look at himself and say, well, why did I do that? You know, it's just, uh, he knows what referees up here are like. He's, he's been on the receiving end of them on more than one occasion in the past. Just don't do it. If he, if he doesn't do it, there's no an issue. Yeah, no, you make a, a good few points here. Uh, Gary, coming over to you now. Um, an interesting one here is VAR um, because I don't know if you watched the Newcastle Man City game earlier today it was a great game for each but we've seen a very very similar challenge once from me yesterday and the referee it was like, like Willie Collin was an F again because he brandished the red card to the Newcastle player I can't remember who it was unfortunately straight away and then it went to VAR and magically VAR overturned the decision because the referee had a chance to look at it again and he said you know what I've got it wrong so he can he can make that decision again um, do you think that that's something that we need in now Van? obviously it's been introduced I think after the World Cup but do you think we need it in now in Scotland yeah it should have been introduced at the start of the season I think um, if there's anything that could sum Scottish football up it's that we decide to bring in VAR and then bring it in halfway through a season and potentially we've already lost a goal with Kolak at Livingston that was on side and, and there's that yesterday so it's these things will add up and then we're expected to believe that we're going to even ourselves out of our time but yeah I think um, I think that, uh, I'd love to know the explanation for why VAR is in the, end of the start of the season and we'll go to wait to after the World Cup it's just blows my mind to be doing that yeah, as you say, Gary, it is sort of typical Scottish football. Um, I think even the Morelos one yesterday, what kind of concerned me most about Colin was the sort of speed in which he gave that red card. I mean, I know that he could obviously consult his assistant, although I don't think he did it. And it's the linesman was flagging straight away. I, I, I've watched yeah. the highlights before we came on. The linesman was, was, uh, was going crazy with the flag. See, thing with Morelos, like, how many times has he got a lot of stown? He's, he's not a... He's not a stupid lad anymore. He's been up here long enough at five, six years. He, he should be one of the more experienced players in their squad. And can, for me, he's just last down again, especially already being at 10 men. Can he, he's, it's not just once he's tried to slap him or whatever, it's, it's twice. And I just, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing that he'd done it. And he'd kind of laughing as he's walking off and everything as if he's been a hard done by. Can it's, he didn't lift your hands. Can it's, yeah. But we can all say that it's, um, oh, it's, it's harsh or whatever, but can, they know the rules. If you lift your hands and you make contact, you're off the park. Um, mm-hmm. the, the one for Lindstrom, I totally agree with you. That was, uh, can you see in every single game of football, can at least once, a professional foul, can a, <laughs> players will go up, hands up, take their booting and, and get back into position. And for him to get a red card for that just was outrageous. Mm-hmm. Um, the only... I'll say to defend column, see because he flicked his leg up. I don't know if he's maybe seen it for another angle and thought that he's taken a few weeks ago. 
I think he's came back from his injury. I don't think he's looked in the best shape. Um, understand he's been out injured for a while, but my other argument to that, be is, uh, to that would be, well, look at Haji, who's been out for longer with a more dangerous injury. And if you look at what he's doing on Instagram, on YouTube, the guy's an absolute tank. Um, so how Morelos can sort of, it seems anyway, be fit enough to come back in when he's needed, especially at this point, that's the first thing that I don't understand. Then I think yesterday we've seen the signs of the old Morelos, the petulance, as you said, you know, he's not just done it once, he's done it twice. Do you think that, I don't know, maybe he's trying to like not be here anymore? Do you think he's going to sign that new contract? Because to me, his actions yesterday kind of says to me, well, he doesn't really care anymore. That's just my opinion on it, but I don't know if, if you think the same. In my opinion, I think Morelos just seems to be a, I don't know it's a selfish player, but he's obviously got a, a career plan there to, uh, with the talent he's got and whether it is to, to Spain or whatever. So I think that, um, I think it would be good for everybody if Morelos was to, to leave and we get some money in. We brought him in for a, quite a cheap fee if we could get rid of him get some money in because we could go over this in the five, six years how many times he's let us down he's, he's done some great things I, says, I always say to my friends when, when he smiles we all smile because he, some of the goals he's scored especially in Europe has been absolutely brilliant but at this moment he's still your main striker kind of the, the one that we look to get our goals and just if he's not interested it, it, it just doesn't do it and, and we didn't obviously we don't get the benefit of that so, so we need somebody that's, that's want to play for Rangers that's want to get 100% every game and uh, even for the minute he signed I don't think he's been that that guy mm-hmm. No yeah I, I, again I can't disagree really with, with what you're saying there um, the thing that sort of confuses me mostly about the Morelos yesterday is because I think certainly since the 55 season that petulance hasn't really been there um, because we all remember him having that great first half to 1920 um, and then when we came back from Dubai you know he wasn't showing up and stuff like that he was coming back late from international duty probably cost us um, at Tynecastle or contributed to it anyway in the Scottish Cup um, and then it seemed like he got a fresh start under Gerard with that lockdown season and I thought last season as well especially when Gio came in his discipline, his fit, everything seemed to be sort of top drawer and where he needed to be. Um, and Colin, we've obviously discussed Morelos' new contract there. Ryan Kent, we may as well just discuss him for a, a wee bit with yourself as well. You you mentioned him earlier saying um, that you thought we could have kept him on for an outball. I mean, I wouldn't have necessarily kept him on for an outball, but I think we should have kept someone on for an outball anyway. I don't think he started this season anywhere near the level that, that he can. Um I think, obviously, he's just coming back from a, a wee injury, which, you know, may have explained his performance midweek, but it wasn't that great. Um, but I think he should have been on it on it yesterday. He wasn't. Um, and to me, Kent and Morelos, they're in a very, very similar boat now. They've got a year left in their contract. Rangers have, have got to make a decision now in the next week or so. You know, do you give these guys new contracts? Do you sell them for, I don't, I don't know, 10 million maybe if you would get that way a year left um, with two, um, or do you keep them for the rest of the season and lose them on a free now personally I, I wouldn't mind keeping them for another season and losing them on a free as long as you know you're going to get the best out of them this season because if we win the league this year 
because of the two we qualify for the Champions League, 40 million quid in the bank, which is obviously more than the 10 million quid you're going to get for them just now. So I don't know what, what your thoughts on um, on Ken Arkell in, in, in terms of that as well. Uh, I, I mean, with regards to Morelos, I mean, he has let us down. There's no doubt about it. You know, sporadically throughout his Rangers career, I don't think you can deny that. You also have to say that he's he's done a lot of good for us as well. You know, scored a lot of vital goals, uh, particularly in Europe. You know, and, uh, I think that, that was it. The second season we were in the Europa League. Uh, you know, he was scoring against Feyenoord and Porto, and yeah. you know, at that point, that's probably the, the peak years of his his, his, his Rangers career. Uh, I, I thought he was unplayable at that point, but. There's no doubt about it. There's been a recurrent theme of petulance. You know, it had kind of disappeared from his game for a bit there, but it came back yesterday. You know, he disappears for a bit. He goes back to Colombia, comes back a stone overweight. You know, there's no doubt you can question his professionalism, but I would, I would still be a wee bit wary of of writing him off. Uh, I, I think he's he's shown time and again that he can score goals for Rangers and, and at this level and in Europe as well. Uh, but his professionalism does pissed me off at times although I did find that ironic that Chris Boyd was having a go at him yesterday because he's another guy that wasn't exactly professional and, and you know looked after himself in the right way uh, so I mean it's difficult it's you know I think we show that he's, for the first time he's got someone who, who's, who's going to push him you know I, I know he's been getting a bit of criticism and all the rest of it for, for some supporters but you no know, four, four goals and uh, four games there and that's with some pretty shit service, to be honest with you. The, the service that he's been getting has been been pretty poor. Uh, so you're hoping that that will maybe spark Morelos into life, you know, and he'll, he'll, he'll start training properly, looking after himself and get himself in the best position to, to, to get back into the team and keep his place. It's, we'll just have to wait and see. Ryan Kent is bugging me at the moment, I must admit. He, he was annoying me yesterday. His decision-making yesterday was atrocious. Uh, there was that one in the first half where he went through three guys as if they weren't there. You know, he just quick step over, past the three of them, and the shot's on. But he decides to take another touch and run into traffic. And the whole thing with Lundstrom getting sent off comes for Ryan Kent. Yeah. You know, he's, he's got the ball, Borna goes in the overlap. It's the easy ball we give him. And that's where the goal came from. That's where Lawrence's goal came from. Something similar. Kent on the ball, everyone going to Kent, Borna going on the overlap. Just pass it to him. But no, Kent runs back in the way, runs into traffic, gets the ball taken off him, Hibs break, uh, and Lundstrom commits a foul and, and, and Colum does what he does. So, with Ryan Kent, you know, seven million we paid for him. And there's, there's no doubt about it, he's a great player. You know, probably one of the better players at Ibrox. I don't think you can deny that. But in terms of his numbers, in terms of what we get out of him I know he occupies defenders and he, uh, defensively I mean he, he puts a shift in you know he, he does a lot defensively which I think was unrecognised at times but in terms of assists and goals and stuff like that I, I do think we need more out of him I really do uh, and yesterday was a prime example of that I think we're, we're not getting enough in terms of assists and goals I mean one he doesn't have a shot he had two chances yesterday one he doesn't have a shot at all because he takes that extra touch and he had another opportunity and he just sort of really lazy kind of sort of tried to curl it and over the bar and for a player of his quality I think you need more I really do I think I think we need more out of him 
Uh, when you look at you know what Celtic get out of Jota and stuff like that, that's what we should be getting out of Ryan Kent. We got that this season with one fifty five, uh, but I would have to say I don't think he done it consistently enough last season. And so far this season, I know he's I know he's had his injury and stuff like that, but so far this season, I would say the same again. And I, I just wonder, I, I, I'm starting to wonder if there's an issue with the two Ryans. You know, under Gerard, it was pretty obvious that Kent was one of Stephen Gerrard's main men and so was Ryan Jack you know what I mean he gushed about them in press conferences they were my main men blah 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 blah, blah. I don't think Gio's like that I, I don't think Gio's quite as emotional and I don't think he'd, he would maybe give the same sort of uh, you know love <laughs> for, for want of a better phrase you know arm round the shoulder and all that kind of thing uh, to try and big these players up and I just wonder if maybe that's having an impact you know because I think Ryan Jack has looked off it as well he's just he just I thought he was not too bad in the second half yesterday, but in the first half he looked miles off it, I thought. And I just wonder if it's it's down to the relationship they have with Gio. I'm not saying that they have a bad relationship, but they're maybe not getting the same sort of praise and sort of gushingness because, I mean, Gerard, it was him that brought Ryan Kent to the club, you know, seven million. And we all know what he was like with Ryan Jack. And I think Ryan Jack played his best football under Stephen Gerrard. So I just wonder if the fact that Gio's there and they're not getting the same sort of levels of appreciation that it's, it's maybe impacting on their performances because I think both of them are not hitting the levels that we know they can hit. No, I think I think you're right there, Colin. And I've not really actually thought about it. It's an interesting point you make about the, the sort of difference in relationship between um, the two different managers and, and those players in particular. Um, and certainly on Ryan Jack, well, We'll come on later on to another midfielder um, who maybe hasn't hit the heights this season as well um, later on. But um, now we'll sort of move on just to the actual team and the display as a whole. I mean, Gary, one thing that I'm getting quite concerned about now, and Colin touched on it earlier, is I, I really don't know what this Rangers team's style of play is, what our system is, what it is we're wanting to do, because we seem to change it pretty much every single game, um, not just in terms of personnel, but in terms of systems. Now, I think on the one hand, you know, it is good that you can be tactically fluid and especially during a game um, because, you know, you obviously don't want your opponent to know what you're doing. It is a bit like a game of chess and I think Joe actually used that word um, on Tuesday after the PSV game to say that the game was a little bit like a game of chess. It's one thing having a game of chess against PSV in the Champions League so I think having a game of chess against Hibs um, and St. Johnson and North and blah, 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 blah. Um, I just think sometimes it, it overanalyzes things a bit too much. I mean, Kenny Miller, um, watched an interview with him recently and he made a very good point about Walter Smith. He went, Walter would do the tactical stuff, the analysis, blah, 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 like proper in-depth stuff when you were playing a big European game or Celtic. He went, if it was just a league game, he would trust the players to go out and do their job because they're professional, you know, they're great players, they're on so much money, they're better than any other team in that league. Just go for it and stop worrying about tactics, etc, etc. Um, so what, what's kind of, kind of your thoughts on that then, Gary? Do you think you overanalyse these things a bit too much? Yeah, I've never actually thought about it until we've seen it on the agenda today, but I think you've got an absolute cracking point. It, it could be a case that they're, they're taking these teams too serious when they, they probably don't need to overcomplicate it like that like um, 
see, like when, when Van Bronckhorst came in, like he was my absolute the top candidate. You'd, you'd think for the, the career he had with like even Rangers at the at the time you were the football we were playing and Arsenal under Wenger and going to Barcelona that that kind of on the cusp of that that great team that that, that uh, was really successful with that, that Dutch team as well and uh, mixed with the, the kind of youth football and everything that, that Holland's famous for Barcelona's famous for you were just thinking can, if we can get some of that that's uh, that's that's for me like hey but I just I just don't see what he's but he's bringing to us. I really don't. Like he's, it's slow. It's it's hard, hard work sometimes to watch it. And in Europe, it's different because it's that's kind of the way European football is. But in Scotland, it's it's blood and snotters. It's guys getting in your face and kind of and it is, it is sometimes two banks of five you've got to break down. And I remember one of the the, the pods we done when I, I think Van Bronckers just got the job. A guy called him the horseshoe because they just keep going round and round them back that way and back that way. And, and that's what it's like. It's, it's a, I just want to see him play strongest team. And as you say, is just say, go for it. And like on paper, we've got better players than everybody, arguably, except for Celtic. So we should be able to just blow all these teams at the water. So we maybe should just stop overanalyzing things, maybe trying things that are just, there's no need to try. At the end of the day, we should just be going and to win. And it's mm-hmm. like the level he's played at, you'd think he'd. Really, do that. But just it's, 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 it's very frustrating to watch. No, as at times, and I think a big issue with us this season is that you know we haven't had that one standout performance. Now, I was saying this um, last Saturday after the St Johnson game. But obviously, we won four 0 I think that's the first time since Gio's came in that we've won a league game by four goals or more. Um, off the top of my head anyway I, I mean if, if someone in the comments wants to correct me I'll be I'll be gladly corrected but I think that that is the case and it it's just this whole not killing teams off you know we don't seem to start games well now we don't seem to even start second half of games well it's like to me Gary it seems like we're not a team that plays good like in game in terms of all the game we seem to be a team that's good in spells now in fairness when we are good in those spells um, you know, we, we seem to be doing it. Um, like we, we probably had our best spell right after Hibs equalised, um, and obviously that that led to the goal, which was a cracking goal, by the way. Great ball in by Barisic and and Lawrence is is there again. Um, but I it it just seems to me that you know, but you, you genuinely don't know what what his style of, style of play is. I mean, we know. For example, he said last week that he wouldn't start Joaquin Morelos up front. I mean, is that something that you might like to see him do in the future? I know we've obviously had our words about Morelos, but maybe if it's not him, but like even another striker, maybe just go with two up front. I'm not sure, actually, because I still, you know, I still like the 4 3 3 because I, I believe that's what it should be. You've effectively got three strikers. And if your, your ball's coming for the right, you've got the, what's the other two. And if it's coming for the left, the, the right winger should be coming at the back post. So I, I don't think the formation is a problem. I think it's mm. just the because the, the whole point of four three three is that it can it can change mid game and it can can fullbacks can go up and things like that and uh, kind of, uh, we always say that the kind of argument at the work about um, them playing Sands and things like that. the reason they play guys like Sands are comfy on the ball is so they can move up the park mm. and Rangers effectively play one one centre half and that's uh, it's, it's the modern way to play kind of 
I, I see a lot of people saying, oh, can two up front things like as if as if you're only playing one striker like Walter Smith done in Europe with Kenny Miller or Dashville or something like that. Can I, that's not the way we play. Can we, we're, a, we're a good team. And, and can you, you seen that goal we scored on, on Tuesday. The, the quality goal, that was a great build-up to the goal. And then the goal we scored yesterday, as you said, was great again. But then we've just got this like, really good ability to just shoot yourself in the foot. And it's not because we get carved open, it's because of the mistakes we make. Like if you see that uh, the the first goal that Hibs scored yesterday, borderline offside, possibly VAR could have ruled that out. But there was a half arse challenge for Matondo, mm. uh, Barisic and Sands watching a guy right in the middle of them who goes and, and slots it away. It's, even the the the, the goal that, um, against PSV, and it was like uh, mishits to try and clear it and things like that. And you're just like, it goes on about keeping the zero, but I've never seen any evidence that this is actually a, a, a plan that we've got because we've got such a soft setter. And I, I don't know if he's agree with me, but as soon as that uh, five minutes additional time got put up yesterday, I was just like, 93 minutes, he'd got to score, last kick of the ball. And, and it happened. And I just, we've seen this film so many times. I mean, it didn't seem to change the style. It's just the same stuff all the time. When we're great, we're great. But then we're shit, we're shit, and it's really, really annoying. Mm-hmm. No, there, there doesn't seem to be uh, in between there. No. Colin, um, coming on to you, I mean, as as Gary said there, it was like as soon as it got into the 90 minutes of five rallied on, there was a sense of inevitability about what was going to happen because, as he said, we've seen this so many times last season. Yeah. Um, I know, obviously, you're, you're not impressed with with some of the, the managers um, well, with his style basically and how, how we're playing so I'll just hand the floor over to you for, yeah, for I, I mean, I, I, mean I, I don't want to be too hard on Gio because it's you know he's not even been there a, a year yet but yeah there's concerns I mean he, he got us to a European final and some of the, uh, one thing I will say he has shown in my opinion that he's tactically astute especially in Europe you know he, know, he kind of knows what he's doing he has that fluidity in terms of changing system and you know I think some of these substitutes have been pretty good as well but you know the, the, we were inconsistent on, in the league with Gio last season and I think the feeling was you know once he gets his players in he'll be able to put over his, his own sort of system this is his first pre-season uh, give some teams too much respect I, I don't think we need to go into every game with two holding midfielders I think that triples us at times uh, I think we're, we're too as I said earlier on the tempo's too slow I, I felt Rangers played that first half as I said earlier as if we were 1-2-9 up you know just not going to get that goal you know what I mean and uh, so that that's a concern another concern for me is you know we've went out and signed all these players in the summer you know, so we've signed, you know, if you, if you look at the back four, we've signed a left back, we've, we've barely seen him yet, we're still relying on Borna. We've signed two centre-halves and he's sticking James Sands in it at centre-half at the moment. You know, I, I know Suter's injured or has this personal thing, I'm, I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but, you know, Ben Davies is surely, is surely worth a shout at some point, you know what I mean, to, to, give, to give him some game time. You know, we've brought in, you know, I thought Tillman would have started yesterday. No sign of him. I thought Lawrence was really poor yesterday. Apart from his goal, I thought he was really, really poor. The service to Cholak, again, really poor. 
you know, and it just seems like we're, you know, every now and again, like in the, in the Eindhoven game, we're bringing on Scott Wright and folk are moaning, but you're like, well, who else is doing it? You know what I mean? And that, that's my concern. We've brought in all these players and none of them, apart from maybe Cholak and Tillman, have, have really done anything. Starting to have real concerns about our goalkeeper as well. I just, I'm, I'm just not convinced. I, I don't know what it is about McLaughlin at this particular moment in time, but I don't know if it's because he knows he's number one now, but this is the most unconvincing I think I've ever seen McLaughlin. You know, he, he always looked fairly assured and steady. Every time the ball's going in the box now, I'm kind of panicking a wee bit because, and one thing McLaughlin was always fairly confident that was having the ball at his feet. I think he looks a bit panicky in that uh, respect as well now. So, yeah, real concerns about where we're going and real concerns about Geo and interviews and stuff like that yesterday. I mean, I've seen him on Rangers TV yesterday saying, yeah, we started the game really well. I'm thinking, and what planet did we start? <laughs> we, d- we didn't have a shot on target until the penalty. And what planet is that? A- is that a good start to a game? And also, you know, when when the controversial things happen, you know, I expect a Rangers manager to come out and call things out for what they are. So I expect a Rangers manager to come out and say those two red cars were shocking, and it's it's cost us. Now, folk might say that it's you know sour grapes or whatever but you'll find most managers do that That's it's part of the game it's playing the game you're putting it in referees' minds for the next game by the way you're due us you know because you fucked up and cost us points the last time so, so you're due us I always remember I was, I was watching it was, it was a Merseyside derby at Goodison and the two teams were lined up in the tunnel this was about 10 years ago I think it was Gerard and Phil Neville were the captains and, and Jamie Carragher walked past you know the referees at the front two teams are lined up Jamie Carragher was on the bench that day and as he walked past the ref, he just said, Fellaini's fucking elbows, as if, watch him. Just putting it in the referee's mind, just that, that's it, that's all you need to do. We're watching you and how you're going to referee this game because this guy jumps up and, and, and gives it a bit of that. And whenever Gio's asked about controversial things, he's, he's always dead. Yeah, well, you know, that happens. No, I expect more for a Rangers manager. I think Stephen Gerrard would have called it out. I think the likes of Walter Smith in the past would have called those decisions out yesterday. And and Gio at times just feels a bit too laid back when it comes to these things. I think, as I said, it's part of the game. And I think it's you've, you've got to play that part of the game. If, if you feel you've been hard done by, I think you've got to come out and say it in your interview. Robbie Nielsen was doing it today. You know what I mean? He, he called out the performance for Kevin Clancy of the day. It's part and parcel of it, and I expect a Rangers manager to do that. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And uh, just before we move on to our next topic, just another word from one of our sponsors, uh, Forest Precision Engineering, um, who are a subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company, and they've been a massive commercial supporter of Rangers for many years. And we're obviously honoured that they're backing up pods. You can get them on www.forestprecisioneng.com. And you can also visit the Forest Precision Executive Lounge at Ibrox, a stunning new hospitality area within the historic main stand. And for more info on how to book this unique and intimate space, you can email the club via hospitality at rangers.co.uk. And just a reminder to everyone as well that you can get this podcast on all your usual providers, such as iTunes, YouTube and Spotify. Um, Sort of moving on then, uh, Gary, I'll come to you. Glenn Kamara was someone who wasn't in the squad yesterday. Um, now, as far as we're led to believe, um, he wasn't injured. So um, it was either a tactical decision or what I'm starting to think is he might 
possibly be away. Um, we've seen in the last 24 hours he's been linked with a move with, with Nice. There's also Premier League interest there from down south as well. Um, what was your thoughts on that and do you think it's time to cash in on Kamara? Oh, this will be a short and sweet answer for you. If he's known Van Bronckhurst's plans, then we need to move him on because he has an asset. We should be able to get a, a decent fee for him. Um, I'm actually surprised that he signed the long-term contract um, the last year because I thought he would have been one of the ones that they would have seen as you know, we got a decent fee for. Um, the, the, the thing that frustrates me with Kamara is we know he's a good player, but Van Bronckhurst has been playing him as a number 10. He's never a number 10. Mm. Can he, he's... A, a deep line midfielder can keep the ball and we've got, we've got loads of them and yeah that, that, that's even uh, if Davis had he hadn't stayed the extra year he maybe would have kept Kamara but see, if Rockers doesn't fancy him or, or prefers other players he's back in the, the pecking order and it's definitely time we should cash in because we mm-hmm. should be signing players that are going to improve their team those sitting in the stand mm-hmm. No absolutely in, in terms of that you, you're, you've obviously said that and I completely agree with you that um, we've got too many similar players like Kamara in the midfield. What kind of player do you think we, we should be looking for? For me, I know we've been linked with Evander from, from Michelin. He's kind of a, a box-to-box player that can also go forward. He can defend. He can kind of do everything. I think that's the exact type of midfield that we need to play alongside Lundstrom at the moment. Is, is that someone that you'd be looking at? Yeah, I'd say so. Certainly a goal-scoring midfielder box to box player um, but I think we've been crying out for that for the last God knows how long but I think it's we've constantly just kept signing defensive midfielders and mm. the, the odd player comes in who's seems attacking and we just it doesn't do enough I think Hadji potentially could be that guy but if he's um, seems to be quite injury prone and he, are we going to get 60 games a season out of Hadji I don't know mm. but yeah I'd certainly be looking for somebody that's can complement Lundstrom. If Lundstrom's the main man, somebody can complement him and uh, get some goals from midfield. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, I think the Hadji there, obviously, you know, it's, it's been bad that he's he's been out for the period that he has, but I think he's obviously, he's a number 10 and, you know, I think that is his best position despite the fact that both Rangers managers that signed him seem to think he's a right winger. Um, but um, I, I think as well, I think we are looking for that sort of box-to-box player. Someone like Evander, I'm not saying we will sign him, um, but having seen him a couple of times for Mitchell and, and, and European games, I think it looks pretty decent. He fits that kind of profile of the club. Um, he's young, he's a Brazilian, um, although in fairness, never really had any luck with Brazilians at, at Ibrox. Uh, any successful Brazilians in Scottish football, even uh, the cup winners have came in and done nothing. Yeah, I mean, so it's, you know, hopefully if he does sign, he, he doesn't carry that Brazilian curse with him, um, but he's certainly someone that I'd be looking at. Colin, over to you now, Kamara, should we keep or sell? I mean, I think Kamara was one of those ones, you know, it's part of the model, isn't it? You know, buy cheap and make a profit. So, yeah, I mean, I think we always felt that this team was going to get broken up this summer, so I wouldn't be surprised if he goes. And if he goes for, what they're talking about, 10 million, did you say? You know, what did we get him for, 50 grand? You know, that's 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 excellent business. Uh so as as much I do I like Kamara, uh, I'd be sad to see him go. But it's part of the model. It's part of the chain model. The Rangers have, have you know have been criticising the club for so long that we, we weren't being successful at this. You know, bringing players in cheap and selling them on for a profit. 
you know, if, if, if Kamara does go, so that'll be Patterson, Bassey, Aribo, and Kamara all the way for de- a, a really decent amount of money, you know, and, all, and it'll be good to see that the AGM, I'm sure they'll be reporting that, you know, and the financial situation is, is certainly improved. So that that's that's something that Rangers need to do. That's that's the that, that's the market we operate in. You know, we don't have access to the sort of money that's down south with TV revenues and stuff like that. So we have to find a trading model that 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 brings us on talent cheap, and we develop that talent and, and move them on at a profit. So yeah, as I said, I'd be sad to see him go, but I wouldn't be surprised if he does go because it's it's part of the model. In terms of replacement, I'm going to piss a lot of people off here. I thought Lewis, I thought Lewis Ferguson was worth a punt. I really did. I, I, I don't get this snobbery and hatred towards signing players uh, for other Scottish clubs. It's To me, he was one of the better midfielders outside the top two. Those are the, those are the sort of players that Rangers used to take a punt on back in the day. You know, thinking of another Ferguson, Ian, you know, we signed him for St Murren. No, those are the types of players that we used to sign. Uh, I know his nephew and his his dad kind of pissed some people off and, and within the Rangers support. I mean, I don't like what Barry says in the record and all the rest of it down again, but it doesn't affect what I think of him because he's one of the best fucking Rangers players I've seen in my lifetime. I love Barry Ferguson at Ibrox. So uh, I thought Lewis Ferguson was worth a punt. You'd have probably, okay, you're dealing with Aberdeen. It'd probably been difficult to get him, but the fact that he's went to, to Serie A tells me that he's a good player and I think he would have done well at Rangers but yeah I, I do think we need the sort of players that you're talking about you know a wee bit more attacking minded uh, I, I do think in that midfield we have a lot of players who are very similar in what they do and that's maybe part of the problem that Rangers have at the moment we've not got that player that can split open a defence with a pass or, or turn defenders and get in behind Hadji can maybe do that, but obviously he's not fit at the moment. Arfield, I think, is capable of that, but he's, you know, he's not going to be starting week in, week out anymore. Uh, those days are, are gone, I think. So, yeah, we, we do need a different type of player in the middle of the park because Davis, Jack, Kamara, Lundstrom, they're all much of a muchness. So we, we need something a wee bit different in there, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it will be interesting to see um, what the next... Nine or, or ten days or so of the transfer window have in store, um, especially given that this time on Wednesday we could possibly have an extra few quid in the bank, and we may as well just move on to Wednesday. I mean, it's obviously it's a massive game, isn't it? Um, Champions League playoff, PSV away, and Eindhoven. I'm buzzing. I'm I'm going to. I'm I'm leaving for Amsterdam tomorrow, so. I'll need to be on my best behaviour for everyone's sake, including my own. Um, but Gary, I mean, in terms of the finances, we know it's big. You know, we're talking about a, probably a forty million pound game. But just in terms of the club as well, and trying to compete with the best, how big is this game on Wednesday? It's massive. It's um, it's where we want to be, isn't it? Um, I'm not saying we're we're going to win it, but. Um, you want to be in the Champions League, and that's it's the best club tournament in the world. Can like the, the memories you, you've got for over the years of these big teams coming to Ibrox and things like that. Can really, really good nights. Some some decent scalps of team as well in the Champions League. Um, I, th- I think if it, at the start of the, the all this at the before they kicked the ball, if you want to say we are 
90 minutes away if you just winning a game to get there I think you'd have probably done it so uh, um, I, I don't think we're favourites but as uh, Colin touched on earlier the, the underdog tag seems to suit us a bit so I'm hoping we can uh, create another good night mm-hmm. Yeah exactly I mean you, you touched on it earlier Gary that this team it seems that they're, they're made for Europe and that sort of continued from Gerard into Van Broncos um, you know one thing that I wanted to ask as well, um, Gary, obviously we've been used to having the second leg at home and we know what that big Ibrox crowd can do. I thought they were brilliant again last Tuesday. Um, and obviously, you know, we couldn't quite get the win. But, you know, as you said, we're 90 minutes away from from the group stages. Do you think that that's going to have an adverse impact on us having that, that second leg away where we, you know, we don't need to win in the 90 minutes, but we certainly need to win on the night to go through, obviously. I, 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 I wouldn't think it would, to be honest. Like, I, I know I know what you're saying, and it can, like, when we we done the, the preview for the Leipzig game and things like that, you were, you were so confident because we were at home that we we're going to overturn it. But can I, I think surely these players didn't need the fans there to, to lift themselves. Just as professionals, they know that can I, some of these guys, like Golds and Tav, when they came to Rangers, they wouldn't even be thinking about Champions League football and they're 90 minutes away from it. And John McLaughlin was playing with Sunderland in League One a couple of years ago. He'd potentially play Champions League football. Absolute bonkers. So if, if they can't get themselves up for that, knowing that it's, it's just a win. That's all we need to do is just win that game. And if it means going and doing extra time or penalties, so be it. But um, yeah, I don't think where it's played matters. They just, they don't need to win the game. And... Yeah, I don't think uh, there should be a team talk even needed for that. No, you're absolutely right. Um, at the end of the day, I think if it's a game that you don't want to play on Wednesday or anything like that, then um, it's a it's a club that you shouldn't be at. Be at. But I don't think, um, as you say, the players will have any issues getting up for it. Um, and it's going to be a great occasion. Um, and, and obviously, hopefully, we can we can get the job done. Colin, sort of coming on to you, you know, how how much are you looking forward to this, and and what do you think the team will be as well? Oh, in terms of the team, I'd be because he's been so hard to to predict Gio this season. You know, obviously with the new players coming in, uh, it really is difficult. But maybe then, what would your team be then? Because let's face it, it's actually stupid trying to predict Gio's team. Yeah. Oh, I would have to honestly. I would have to sit and sit and think it out. But I mean, in terms of the actual game itself, I mean, it's huge. I mean, obviously, and I. I slightly disagree with Gary in terms of you know the Champions League is where you want to be. I think finance and football now is such that I'm actually a wee bit worried about getting to the Champions League because you know we could we could technically potentially be on the end of a couple of horses. We've seen Celtic get a couple of horses uh, in the Champions League. I've noticed a few teams that Rangers have played in the Europa League go up there like Michelin and all the rest of it taking absolute tonkins. The main reason Rangers want to be in the Champions League, let's face it, is the money. That's that's what we're looking at. We're looking at the the the, 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 the pot of cash that's waiting for us. And that's fine, you know, given where we've been just sort of five, ten years ago and the, the recovery of the club, that's probably what's needed. And when you think of the, the, the money that's came in from the player sales, you know, we've, we've 25 million for Darcy, 16 for... Patterson, you're probably talking the best. If Kamara goes, you're talking about the best party, 40, 50 million there. And if we get the, the 20, 30 million for the Champions League, then, you know, it, it really helps. And, 
getting the club back in its feet financially and in a better position to challenge Celtic moving forward. But I genuinely think you, the Europa League is, is our level and I think we've shown that over the last three or four years. You know, we've, we've, you know when Jenner first arrived, getting to the group stages was like, oh my God, we're in the group stages of European competition because of where we'd been the last four or five years before that. Now it's like, I'm looking, I was looking at the, the pots the other day there, if we don't make it on Wednesday, we're in pot one. Which is like <laughs> just like pot one of any European tournament. You're like, oh my god, and you're actually looking at the teams in pot two, three, and four, and thinking there's no real glamour ties there because all the teams that you want to play for, for the big European nights are in pot one with us. But what it does mean is you've got a better chance of progressing and stuff like that. So, from a football point of view, I, I, I would I, I would be quite happy to see Rangers in the Europa League again because you know we've had so many great nights there over the last four or five years. But from a financial point of view, I think it would be better, obviously, if we, if we reach the Champions League and it would, it would really help in the, the recovery of the club. So, yeah, it's a massive night. It's, I mean, we've, we've not started the season well. I think that's obvious. Uh, slightly disappointing that we didn't get the win last week, but it's, it's 50-50. It's on a knife edge, you know what I mean? It's, it's, that's the thing about the second leg of any sort of game. It's... If, it's, if you're going into it and it's even, it's, it's all to play for on the night, you know. And we've, we've got some good results. We've got two good results over there previously. That famous night when Bobby Russell scored and that night when Albert scored the winner with about 10 minutes to go. So it's a place we've been in one before. I'm not overly confident, I have to say. I, I don't think Rangers are in the greatest place at the moment, but what, what better opportunity have they got to sort of turn it around? One thing I will say, if we don't get a result, I think Gio will start to feel the heat, you know, questions will start to be asked, but, you know, it's a great opportunity. Over there, winner takes all, essentially, and if they're into the Champions League, then, you know, it's another, at least three nights at Ibrox where we're going to see top-class European opposition. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I mean, I know your point there about, you know, being in, from a football point of view, you'd maybe rather be in the Europa League, but for me, it's, you know, always the Champions League. Um, I, I'm, personally, I'm not scared of, coming up against a Man City or whoever um, I think as a Rangers fan it's something that you've got to embrace you want to you want to be competing against them at that level I think obviously Celtic have, have taken a couple of patients off teams like that and even last year in Europe off you know reasonable teams but not world class teams but I think if you look at that under both managers you know they just played the one style of football if you do look at Gio we have said that he's he's probably suited for those European nights but he's tactically fluid he can change it in game and for me, this is kind of like, you know, we've, we've, we've been promoted, we've won the league, we've won a cup, I suppose getting to the Europa League final as well, and I think now getting back... Yeah, it's a nice Champions natural League. step, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd agree with that, yeah, but I just, uh, since the last time we were in there, and, I, and I'm old enough to remember 92, 93, when we, you know, we, we came within a goal to get into the final, you know, the footballing landscape was very different back then, you know, teams like Rangers yeah. had a chance. Mm-hmm. I don't think we do now you know what I mean you're, you're, you're up against you're not just up against big clubs you're, you're up against like Arab states you know what I mean that, that's what you're playing <laughs> against you're, you're playing you're, you're, you're multi it's, multi, it's, it's multi just ridiculous I mean when you look at the all the stuff that's happening at Barcelona at the moment I've been reading a lot about that right and Messi's contract if, if he'd hit all the levels in it in terms of you know winning this trophy and that trophy and if he'd done that between 2017 and 2021, he'd have earned 650 million. 
And it's just that that's that's what you're up against. It's the, the, the European football used to be when you played a team for Holland, there was eleven Dutchmen. When you played a team for the old, the, the old Yugoslavia, be you know eleven Yugoslavians. It's, it's not like that. Now. You're playing against super clubs that have billions behind them, and I just don't think clubs like Rangers and Celtic and I get a good few others can really compete at that level. And yeah, it's where you want to be. But I genuinely think I'd prefer to see us getting to a, you know, last 32, quarter final, semi final, maybe even another final, who knows, than, you know, home to finish third and drop down. Because I think that's that that's the realistic target if Rangers get yeah. to the Champions League, isn't it? Finishing third and dropping into the Europa. So yeah, the good the good to get I mean, there's a couple of teams in there that I've never seen before. I brought like Real Madrid and stuff like that. You want to see these teams at Ibrox, but yeah, I do feel Europa League's more relevant than I must admit. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, you do make a couple of a fair points here. Colin, um, Gary, coming on to you then, Colin did touch on it earlier about, you know, don't want to be too negative, but let's face it, that is Rangers. And if we don't go through on Wednesday, the manager will, you know, he will feel the heat. No saying he's going to get the sack, but, you know, he will be under a wee bit of pressure. The one thing that is quite concerning for me, if we don't go through on Wednesday, is that that will now be the fourth. Well, that will be the fourth time in the last year that we have had a clear route to the Champions League, um, and we've not done it last year. Obviously, with Malmo, if we got through that, we would get Ludogorets, who you know I think we would have beat. You know, winning the league or not winning the league last season just causes that group stage place. The Europa League final has done that, and then obviously if we don't do it on Wednesday, that would be the case. If that did happen, three or four of those missed opportunities would be under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. Do you think that would put him under under a wee bit of pressure? I don't think the Champions League would put him under pressure, but I certainly think if um, we lost at the weekend or dropped more points at the weekend, mm-hmm. I think there'd be, there'd be pressure. Um, even a, a defeat against Celtic uh, in yeah. a couple of weeks' time, um, regardless of what your score is at the weekend. But um, yeah, it's going to be a, an interesting couple of weeks because what we then want to do is there'd be a wee bit of daylight between us and Celtic and it's to me that game's really must win now um, yes it's, it's going to be a strange couple of weeks mm-hmm. not a strange couple of weeks and a big couple of weeks so just before we go then gentlemen um, may as well get your score predictions for the game on Wednesday I'll start off and be uber positive I'll say 2-1 because we're definitely going to concede because we've got a, a thing for doing that now but I just think that I've just got a good feeling about it um, I just think we're going to do it so I'll say 2-1 Gary what about yourself? Uh, penalties after a one each for God's sake you can't kill us <laughs> well hopefully we're winning the penalties this time uh, I'll Colin, of course qualify hopefully hopefully Colin what about yourself? I think if I qualify I'm, I'm, I'm with Gary I think it's via penalties I'd, uh, I'm, I'm with you uh, Craig in terms of I think we're conceding so to win I, I think we need to score two so yeah, I, I think penalties gives us an opportunity extra time with penalties. But as I said, we've been there before. Uh, they, they'd never lost for a number of years uh, in Eindhoven when we went there in 78, I think it was, and we beat them 3 2. Then, as I said, that sort of 99 season, we went over there and Albert scored the winner. So you never know. And we've got a good, we have got a decent record against Dutch sides in Europe. You would hope, given. Gio's background and where he's from that he, he knows what he's going into and he'll, he'll have a plan but I, it was sort of I was thinking about this today actually and I was thinking if, if we go out on Wednesday night and then you know we'll probably win the Ross County game that's, that's a given but 
and then we lose against Celtic. It's probably as close to like Walter Smith had a period in sort of mid nineties when he, he lost against Falkirk in the League Cup and he lost to AK Athens in the Champions League. Uh, and then we lost to Celtic and, and he was under proper pressure then. And I think, you know, if we go out the Champions League and then we lose to Celtic and we're five points behind, yeah, I, I think uh, Gio's position will know that he'll be under threat, but he'll, he'll, he'll start to feel the heat, he'll start to feel a wee bit uncomfortable because it's five points, it's recoverable, but then you're already in a position of you, you can't lose another game and make it eight points, you know what I mean? You're, you're, you're already, at, we can't have any more errors. So, yeah, a big, a big few days coming up and it could be season defining. No, absolutely, it could be. And uh, just lastly, we've got uh, another message from one of our sponsors, Football Prizes. They've got the weekly competitions. And if you go on to the Jersnet Twitter page, at Jersnet Online, you can see what this week's item is. So, gentlemen, thank you very much um, for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thanks for going easy on, uh, on me on my, my day hosting. Um, just as another wee reminder, you can obviously um, go on the Jersnet Twitter at Jersnet Online and the forum at jersnet.co.uk. Um, and also as well, we'll be coming back on Friday again, and it'll be Scott hosting, just as he was last week, with Stuart Weir to preview that Ross County game at home. Um, so look out for that one on Friday evening. But to end there, thanks very much for joining. I've been Craig Gray, joined by Colin Armstrong and Gary Valentine. And this has been the Gelsnet Podcast. Thanks very much and good night.